Welcome to an all new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with romance author Jackie Lau, who wrote the new romance book, The Stand Up Groomsman, but you may know her from her other book, Donut Fall in Love. Though The Stand Up Groomsman is a continuation of Donut Fall in Love, you can read them as standalones, which is what I did in this case. I love this story for so many reasons. Firstly, it's set in Toronto. Secondly, it's about a stand up comedian, which, if you know me, is such a favorite thing of mine. It was so nice getting to know Jackie, a little bit more about her background as a writer, how she came up with the concept of this book and these characters, and what she's working on next. So, though this is a brief chat, it's a good one. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, my conversation with Jackie Lau starts right now. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I loved reading The Stand Up Groomsman. It was so fun. It was so cute. There were so many parts of it that like really struck a chord with me and that I really resonated with. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today and get to chat with you about this book. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. My pleasure. So before we start, I'd love to just get to know a little bit about you because I know that you're Canadian and I don't have too many Mm -hmm. Canadian romance writers on my podcast. So I'd love to firstly get to know a little bit more about you and maybe how you started writing, how you got your publishing deal, a little bit of your backstory. Okay. I'm, uh, I grew up in Toronto and that's where I live now. I've lived here my whole life, except when I was away at school. Okay. Um, and I started writing in 2010, and it was originally more supposed to be like chiclet. Um, you know, that was big back in the day. Um, yeah. But that, at that point, it was already on the decline. But I read Bridget Jones' <laughs> di- diary, and I was like, well, I could write something like this. I mean, I liked it, but I also thought I, it was something I could write. So my first book <laughs> uh, that will never be published was supposed to be chiclet. And then when I finished it, I was like, well, this is basically a romance. Um, and then the thing is, I wasn't really a romance reader, though. So I started oh. I started reading romance uh, in 2011, actually. And I wrote romance, read romance for a full year before I deliberately tried writing it again. And I also <laughs> took that book. Um, yeah. So uh, this is my second pen name. My first pen name, I had a bunch of books published with small presses. Okay. And then in 28, I guess in 2017, I decided to start self-publishing under a new name. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I got here. And I got, so I'm mostly self-published, but I did get a book deal like right around the beginning of the pandemic and Don't Fall in Love came out last year. And then the right. Stand is the second one. Right. So yeah. what was that experience like getting a book deal, being a Canadian author with obviously such a big imprint? Like what was that experience like? I mean, it was exciting. I, uh, you know, I thought I didn't care that much about seeing my book in stores, but like it was pretty cool. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, it, it's kind of different from self-publishing, though. Just like the time periods involved and stuff are right. Just, it's just such a different process um, from what I was used to. Uh, but yeah, it's been pretty cool. Did you notice any like hiccups? with the whole publishing route that maybe you wouldn't have noticed had you been American? Like, were there any Canadian related, I don't know, like hurdles in your way or it was kind of just a regular experience from what you've heard compared to uh, other authors? Um, In many ways, it's a regular experience. I mean, of course, how you get paid and like, right. It's a little bit different because my income sheet is like half currency conversions. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Lovely. But, but like I, I've heard of some authors being told that like they should set their books not in Canada but New York or something like that and no one ever pushed back on the setting of the book so right. um, that was good I'm also because I've written I've written for publishers and or my other pen name mm -hmm. I'm used to American spelling so I've always just used American or maybe not always but for a long time I've used American spelling in my fiction so like I didn't have to change for that either right that's such an I'm interesting doing. yeah that's such an interesting thing that I didn't even think about yeah the spelling of it all is yeah yeah you can trip people up for sure so in both Donut and in this one, you've infused so much of your heritage into these stories. Why was that important for you to to include? I don't know. I just wanted to write stories that about people who were similar to the people I would know in my day-to-day mm -hmm. -day life. Um, Toronto has a huge Asian population. so For sure. Yeah. I loved all of the Toronto nods, especially in this book. I'm also from Toronto, where I've rather been living in Toronto for the last 10 years. Was it fun for you to include like some of those familiar places when you were writing the book? Were you like going back to visiting those places? What was that like? Um, yeah, I I don't know if I was bidding, visiting places so much because I wrote it during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, like I, I love including stuff from Toronto. I'm partly it's, I'm just lazy and I don't have to do as much research. Um, but yeah, right, what know. you know, right, yeah. what you know. Yeah. yeah, I like writing. I like writing about my city. So I, it was I so like fun. Yeah. As a reader, like being from that city, it's so fun to like, it just, it feels so much more relatable and so much more real when you can really, really relate. And like, obviously major cities like Los Angeles or New York City, like you kind of know what they're like you get the vibe but when it's like a city like Toronto I and you're from there I just I love that connection too so that was fun to read yeah yeah many people do like that part of it yeah mm -hmm. okay so before we go any further I'd love if you could provide all the listeners and watchers of this podcast like a little version or a little summary of the book from your own words Okay, um, so the book is about Mel and Vivian, and he's a stand-up comedian, and she works at a bank, and they um, had a rather disastrous meeting that took place in Don't Fall in Love, and is shown again at the beginning of this book. Um, so there's sort it's sort of an enemies to lovers story, uh, which isn't a trope that I usually write, uh, okay. but they decide basically she wants nothing to do with him but yeah. her friends the couple from Donut Fall in Love are getting married and they're both asked to be in the wedding party and so they start spending more time together as they're doing wedding preparations bachelor bachelorette parties and stuff like that it's so and, it's so cute it was such a cute premise and I love that it started with like a meet ugly did you know when you were writing your first book that you were going to write a second book and you were going to start it with that meet ugly um, so I had the second book sort of planned out uh, okay. when I wrote Donut Fall in Love. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Like I knew it was going to be them and I knew there was going to be the wedding. Um, I'm not sure exactly what are the details. Okay. I figured out. So that, that was a very intentional, like awkward, not great meeting in that first book because you knew that, that was kind of going to be the setup for book two. Yeah. Yeah. I love sure. also how it's definitely obviously within the same story world, but both books are standalones. Was that hard for you to write being kind of like a sequel, but also like a standalone? Like I imagine you kind of had to write it thinking there's going to be people here who haven't read Donut. So I have to make it make sense. But I also want to give the people that love Donut kind of a more of a continuation of that story too. Um, I don't think it was too hard because that's how I'm used to writing. Like for my indie books, they're okay. all... I have a bunch of series and they're all sort of, you know, standalones in okay. the same 
in the same world. So that's just sort of something I'm used to doing at this point in time. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So how did the concept of this book maybe come to you? Because setting it in a stand-up world is very interesting. And that's initially what intrigued me because I love stand-up comedy in my professional career. I work alongside many stand-ups. It's like a big part of my career is comedy. So it was very interesting to me that that's kind of where you set the story. And whenever I hear of a rom-com or a romance that is involved in this type of world, it's automatically intriguing to me. So what about that? Was something that enticed you? Um, So I actually don't really remember why I had a fan of comedian as a hero, (laughs) because I came up with this idea, like I said, in like 2020, when I sold the first book. And um, like I was generally inspired by um, sort of the increased Asian representation that we see in TV and movies these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the general um, inspirations. Uh, why exactly a stand-up comedian? I'm not sure because I'm actually not a huge stand-up person. Um, like I do <laughs> like some stand-up, but like I'm not, I don't like seek it out a lot. Okay. Okay. Um, I just, I guess I thought it would be interesting from the perspective of someone who was Asian. Yeah. And I love that you kind of made a comment there about how there's just such a big boom in Asian characters in film and television right now. I noticed on the cover, and I guess this is a good segue, the cover art, it's first of all, so visually appealing and stunning. Like I'm sure so many people on NetGalley that were just scrolling and saw that cover were like, okay, yeah, I'm intrigued. But I love that it kind of looked like the main character from Kim's, Con- Kim's Convenience. Did you ever hear that? Have people told you that? Um, So that was the, uh, like, celebrity reference I gave them oh my god I love that um and that's the only person anytime anyone has brought up it looks like so and so it's only been him nobody has ever brought up anyone else (laughs) so funny that's so funny so uh yeah um yeah that was you gave that you gave that reference and they they went hard with it they kept it true yeah I mean it's (laughs) not even it's not even like a super I mean I um, it's not it's even so like gorgeous a, the cover. Yeah, I love the cover. It's not yeah. like a super detailed picture, but you can still that people I think still immediately thought it's, it's the hair and the body type. Like it's just, and then you read the back that it's Toronto, and automatically you're like Andrew. It's it's Andrew. Like you yeah. you know. <laughs> so the the hero in this book's actually American though. <laughs> I know, right? but the yeah, book being said in yeah. Toronto, you hear you see that connection, and you just automatically think it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, for sure. Like uh, this sort of concept for the two books was sort of inspired by like a picture from Kim's Convenience of Jung I love and, that. and Kimchi. Yeah. That's so funny. So back, I guess, the comedy part of it, it's interesting to me that you say you're not such a fan of stand-up because so much of this book is like bits, comedy bits and like a routine. Was that hard for you to write? Because I know being on like the industry side of comedy, how hard it is to write a routine. And like you wrote really funny parts to this book. So I was presuming that you were going to tell me something like, oh, yeah, like I used to do stand up and I I don't know, like that's shocking to me. Was that hard to write? Because I know writing comedy is different than writing fiction. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it sort of was hard. But the thing is, like, I actually really enjoyed doing it. Um, and there was actually more stand-up in the earlier drafts, believe it or not. And okay. the agent and editor were like, you don't need all this. Yeah. <laughs> part of the romance. Um, so when I wrote, there was one chapter in Don't Fall in Love that has stand-up. And I like, I really liked writing that chapter. So I guess that's why so much of it ended up in this book. Um, so fun. And I read... Uh, when I was like in preparation for writing this book and while I was drafting it, I um, like, I read a book about mastering stand up, and I um, listened to podcasts. Like there's one called uh, 
I think it's called Good One. Yeah. That they talk to comedians about their, uh, they pick a joke and sort of yeah, dissect and it. Yeah, they dissect it. Yeah. 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 So I was um, listening to that and reading that book and watching more stand up than I usually would. Um, okay. So you did some research for somebody who's not really a stand up fan. You, it yeah. sounds like you really immersed yourself in it in order to write this story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of did. Um, so yeah, I liked writing it, but like also I don't, like I know stand up, they, they evolve their jokes from, you know, going up on stage and seeing how the audience For responds sure. and fine tuning it. So I obviously did not have that experience. So, right. um, and I sort of tried to make the point that, well, if you don't find this funny, it's probably funnier if you're saying it in real life, because some, <laughs> because some stand up, you read it on the page and it doesn't sound that funny. Right. right. Um, so like, and I, I know the stand up in this book doesn't work for everyone, but I'm like, if I emphasize that, like, um, you know, the delivery is a lot of what makes stand up right. work. So yeah. that can still be okay. Yeah. When you were writing like those bits, did you like test out the material at all? Like, did you read it out loud to be like, does this make sense? Is this funny? Or were you just like, oh, I hope it works kind of thing? Yeah. I was just like, oh, I hope it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so fun. Um, I love also that both of the characters in this book are members of the LGBTQ community in a way that I feel like we don't really see so often in LGBTQ books. Why was that important for you to show that type of representation in this story? Um, I'm not, you know, entirely sure why I decided on it initially. Um, yeah, but like, I, I think it's important that queer romance can look, you know, a bunch of different ways. And this mm -hmm. is, so both the characters are bi in this book, but it's a male-female romance. Mm -hmm. um, and he's dated a wide variety of people in the past. And she is sort of more recently discovered or this sort of been discovering her sexuality more recently. Yeah. Um, and she has only dated men in the past. Um, yeah, I'm not... 100%. It's just an interesting, yeah, it's just an interesting take. And I really loved Vivian's character and how, never mind her sexuality, but just how like determined she was and also how like, how confident she was kind of in herself and what she wanted and kind of speaking out against her family or to her family rather about like her choices for the future and what she wanted. Was that fun for you to write? Like, how did you come up with Vivian's personality as a character? Um. So like Vivian, I'm the oldest daughter, but her experience is really not like mine at all. But it's the common thing that I hear about is like oldest daughters, uh, especially in bigger immigrant families, having a lot of pressures put on them, having, you know, not so much in this book being translators for their parents, but like mm -hmm. taking care of younger kids while their parents uh, worked um, right. in, to survive in their new country. So it's sort of a a general, the general experience is something that I've heard a lot about, um, right. even if it's not really my experience. So, right. I feel like she's really yeah. going to resonate with a lot of people when they read this book. They're really going to admire her and find a lot of pieces of themselves in her, which is, which is incredible. Like she's a very universal character, though she is so specific. Yeah. Like I think so too. Like I know some people really do like her as a character. She's at the same time a bit like, um, Sometimes some people might call her an unlikable heroine. I don't know if I say unlikable, <laughs> but like, like she's sort of di a difficult, not really a warm, friendly person, right? Right. With so not what some people expect from women in our society, unfortunately. So um, I know sometimes, um, sometimes readers can be really hard on heroines in a way they're not on heroes. Right. I agree. That's a whole broader conversation to be had about Romance Landia, but I love that she's so relatable and she's so like, 
flawed and regular and human. And that's like very different. And I feel like that's something that a lot of audiences reading this book are going to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I'm, I'm g- glad to hear that worked up. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So like, she's a person who um, she has like very firm boundaries and big walls around her for reasons. Um, right. Like we were talking about her family, um, past relationship experiences. Uh, so she she's very much kind of concerned with being independent and uh, not depending on anyone. Right. So looking back at the book as a whole, what were some of your favorite parts to write or what were some of the challenging parts to write? Um, Let's see. So I like the karaoke scene where they uh, are doing karaoke Karaoke, um, as part of a free wedding event with other (laughs) people in the wedding party. Um, I like that. Uh, I did like writing his stand-up most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, there somehow was more of it in the earlier drafts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think think as I got towards the ending, it was a little bit more difficult um, Mm -hmm. just to sort of figure out how it would all come together and uh, what difficulties they would have uh, uh, as they, you know, made their way towards their happy ending. Well, it all worked out. It was such a fun, light read. I hope everyone that reads it loves it. I'm sure they will. It's just like such a feel-good story, especially if you're a Torontonian. I just feel like it hits on another level. But what are you working on now, next? Like anything you can share? Any secrets you could divulge? Um, so I have a, uh, so I had one Kobo original uh, in the summer, and I have another one coming up for Valentine's Day that'll be out in so fun. January, I think. Um, so it's a fake dating Valentine's Day story. Love. Um, so that'll be it's a it's a out an ebook from Kobo, but it'll also be in libraries because they put it on Overdrive as well. That's so that's amazing. what's that's what's next. But I'm not entirely sure after that. I'll uh, I hope to start two new indie series next year, but I'm not amazing. I'm not 100 percent sure what's um, what's what's going to be out after that. Okay. Well, that's exciting. It sounds like you have stuff coming up and you'll figure out the rest. It's I'm sure yeah. whatever you write, your fans will go and gravitate to it. So I'm excited <laughs> for you. Thank you. Okay. Well, I feel like that's all for now, but thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat. This was so much fun. I loved your book and I hope everyone who picks it up loves it too. Thank you so much. Have a good one. 